Hey, everybody. I'm Michael Govier, co-host of the First Day Pod, along with Leanne. Hello. We had on John Legiza for this episode, and this guy is incredibly, incredibly unique and fascinating. He's going to give you a bunch of tips on wealth management, his lessons from addiction, food-related or drug-related, plus goal-setting and structuring your life. It's really fantastic stuff. Just want to let you know, though, there's a few bad words that are mixed in the pod throughout. So, word of caution, if there's children around or somebody who should not hear bad words, we wanted to give you guys a warning prior to the start of the show. This is one of the best episodes we've ever done because we learned so much from John. John's a unique guy from New York City, and I know you're going to love this. So, get ready to take notes because John's class is in session. Thanks a bunch, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the latest episode of the First Day Podcast with your host, Leanne Hello and Michael Govier. For today's episode, we welcome in John Legiza. John is going to cover a host of topics on today's show, ranging from proper sleep that fits your schedule, how to goal set and get organized to maximize each day you have on this earth, addiction issues related to drug and foods, and John will share his tips on wealth building for those who have something and don't know what to do with it, or for those that have nothing and are looking to start from there. All of that and more on today's episode of the First Day Pod. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the First Day Podcast. Sorry we're a little late, but uh, we're just so darn excited on a Sunday morning for our coffee chat here. It's myself and Leanne. Hello, my dear co-host. Hi, Leanne. How are you doing this morning? Hi, I'm really excited. How are you? I'm great. We got a very special guest today. We made a personal effort here to get this guy on outside of our comfort zone of our Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern shows. So today, can we please give it up for a friend of mine? Hopefully he'll be a friend of yours after this is over. Mr. John. I don't even know how to say his last name. I've never That's heard okay. it out loud. That's okay. We're John gonna be, L. We're gonna, My guy, John okay. L. Real, our real friendship starts here. It's Legaza. Um, or I guess maybe it's more European. You'd get that rolled Z. We don't really do that here. That Legitza. but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's Legaza. We yeah, we we kind of slander that here in America, but that's fine. So it's John Legaza. Hi everybody. I'm the uh, the maniac behind the MLB moving averages Twitter handle. I mostly do baseball stuff, but I also do a bit of you know, hence the moniker, the moving averages moniker. I have a background in Wall Street, and I don't know. I've kind of I kind of developed this really interesting story now. I, I you know, looking back, I'm almost 40, and I, re- I really just have this really cool story of really kind of being self-made now at this point. Like, I don't I don't Let's work. My wife doesn't work. Like, I don't do that, you know? And, I, and that it kind of came up, I guess we're going to get into it, you know, wealth kind of came up in handling finances and um, at people struggling, right? That was kind of the core, Mike. I think we, Mike, like myself, he wears it a bit more in his sleeve, Mike's compassion. You know, Mike's clearly an extremely compassionate individual. Uh, he's also very modest. He knows it. He probably wouldn't do like I'd be like this right now. Yeah, I'm the man. You know, <laughs> and um, th- that's where it starts. You know, that uh, that love to kind of help people. And man, this sounds weird because the first thing to kind of helping people is helping yourself, right? So almost that the whole airplane analogy, right? If it's if it's the plane, the plane's going down. You got to secure your own mask before you start helping other people, and it's the truth. Because Amen. you may help one or two people, but you're going to go down, and so is the rest of the plane. Meanwhile, if you're really efficient in your aid, you know whether it be triage style or, or not, you know you're going to help yourself and then maybe help everybody. So, yeah, it's weird. I I I was doing all these things for myself. How do I make myself better? I have a large disdain for anything establishment, anything governmental. I I don't believe in these people. I think they're not only criminal, I just think they're buffoons. You know, I don't even think they do a good job. <laughs> I don't well, I don't I don't think they do a, a, a good job masquerading as the things they pretend to be. Like they mm. especially nowadays, they just they just brazenly lie and create double standards. So you can choose to participate in a system, or you can choose to not participate in a system. You could also choose to buck that system and cut your own path 
And man, at the at the the core, probably of a lot of what we're going to talk about is is bravery and confidence. Mm. And, you know, the things you have to wear, you have to. Man, it's funny because part of it is it exuding. You know, you can't just say you're brave because bravery calls you when you're not ready. So you're either brave and answer the call, or you don't answer the call, and you talk about how you wish you were brave. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so I think yeah, I think that's a good. That's probably a good core, right? Is we're now we're we're probably at the center of all this stuff. A lot of it stems from compassion, a willingness to help, but an understanding that you have to have a solid foundation before you build further, right? You know, mm -hmm. I can't really help you if I don't do these things myself, you know? So like yeah. when I talk about wealth, it's funny, you know, again, we're probably getting into a lot of perspective stuff also that for some people it's, uh, you, you're wealthy. You have a black ripped Jets hoodie on. I don't care. You know, I don't care. To me, those things don't matter. My image is created in my household by my family, the people that love me and I surround myself with. And I don't care if I wear a black T-shirt. You know, that's how you're going to catch me. And in the words <laughs> of the inimitable Biggie Smalls, you know, may he rest in peace. You know, with the up there in heaven with the goody goodies dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. You know, that's how I rock and roll. And and that's another part of it. I'm confident in myself. I don't care. Now, granted, I don't really go around looking like a schlep, but I also not going to spend 300 bucks on, on a white t-shirt. And that's funny. I often talk about this because that's real. My, I have a couple of friends like this, uh, you know, big time mortgage brokers or whatever they are. My, my brother is a big shot, uh, physician's assistant, you know, and you know, he's, a, he's a rock and roll man. He's a player. You know, he's a player. And if he's got a white T-shirt on, it's a Hugo Boss white T-shirt. And I think it was $250. Mm -hmm. And my white T-shirt is from Models or the Back Racket Marshalls. <laughs> and to me, they're the same. So there's my first creation of wealth for you with no effort is wow. eliminate perceptions, stop paying premiums, and I don't choose to participate in the system of a brand horrorism or whatever we whatever we call this. Yeah. I wear Nikes, but that's a brand. Yeah, it's a great sneaker. It holds up for a year. I'm fat and it doesn't break. So I wear it. You know, like weigh these things. It's I don't just say I can get a cheaper pair of sneakers and I wear a Keds. No, I don't wear Keds because my big toe is gonna be hanging out of the thing in two weeks. John, you said I you're paid. fat. The come on, wait a minute though. Didn't you say you've had problems with weight yourself and dealing? Well, yeah. With food? Well, oh, let's. We want to. You want to dabble there too? You know, I've been. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked been, a lot about. I've look been, at my shirt. Not, I got the sugar mode off. We're trying to I've get been, better here. So. Oh, good, Lynn. Good, good for you. You know, uh, uh, lately I've actually been on a correction. Um, Mike uh, Sleepy K helped get me back on the path. Um, oh. he said he's on the show last month. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of cliche. And I hate to be cliche. I normally make my bread and butter bucking the trends. And maybe we'll get to that also. You know, like you want a good strategic strategy. If the entire mass of people is going this yes. way, get up and calmly go the other direction. And <laughs> That's classic in sports 10, betting. Yeah. <laughs> nine times out of 10, you will find yourself the victor. The <laughs> masses are dumb. And to quote the great, great uh, George Carlin, think about how stupid the average person is. And then realize that half the people are stupider than that. So <laughs> let's 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 get to let's get to weight because weight is going to cover a lot of things that we're going to talk about: um, addiction and discipline and self worth. And now this is actually really funny. I'm going to tie this in. Um, I allowed myself to get really heavy. I was not always. I was always kind of burly, right? I was uh, in commercial construction, and I kind of like to fight. Not like tough guy on the street. Like we trained for fighting. Plus, it's nice to be able to defend yourself. You like to drink, whatever. That may be all of us. How tall are you, John? How tall are you? Uh, Nothing. Now I'm like five seven, you know, on a, on a, a stretched out, you know, with the horses. Pulled. So, oh, all right. So ca carrying around tons of weight. Besides, it's dangerous. It's flat out unhealthy, and no one wants to be that way. But I kind of allowed myself to because I didn't care about the imagery. So like there I was. Now like I'm using this. It's this shirt thing all over again. I decided not to wear the expensive shirt, but 
But I also decided to wear the shirt that got holes in it because I took a path that though it wasn't, the, I didn't take the masses. I didn't go that way, but that doesn't mean I chose correctly. And my wife is smoking hot. Oh my God, my wife is so hot and she's nice and kind. She's generous. She's, she is, aside the fact that she deals with me on a regular basis and presents me to the public, she is a saint. And, and I, I'm so happy that I kind of didn't, you know, put that strict restrictor on my behavior that you should when it started to affect me. And when I think forward, you know, I have two beautiful kids, man, they're the best, you know, they're both bubbly and healthy and funny and good looking and smart. It's amazing. And I owe them better. You know, you don't have to be a rail. And I don't think, I don't, God, I'm not totally not a fan of these 40 year olds walking around in polo shirts with their nipple rings and their big back, you know, muscles like, dude, all right, enough is enough. Like there is a limit, but you know, you should be healthy. So Mike brought it up and I'm not the type to say, oh, I'm going to do this. I wait until I do it. And I actually, Mike, I didn't mention anything to you until I, I just hit the 20 pound mark, which to me is the first, the first place where you could say, okay, I've put in the work, you know, when I'm, I'm at the first level and something that I want to stress today that hopefully again, we'll be talking about running theme, these spinning bowls that I was talking to you guys about before the show and anybody just quick bowl, right? We're going to bowl for the bowls. The person, the thing I'm referring to, the analogy I'm referring to that I hope, I really hope will stick with you. And you'll find that it, it resonates and transcends sports, wealth, family. It, it, it becomes this actual method of critical thinking for you. So I'm referring to his name was Eric Bren, and he was on the Ed Sullivan show if you're above 40. And he was on the Gong show if you're less than 40. And he used to spin these bowls on plates, you know, two, three, eight, 10, 12, and the music's on. The circus music is going. And this guy just, it seems completely scattered and 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 just, just unbridled chaos. Eight, 10, 12 bowls spinning, wobbling on sticks. How does this matter? Those are all thoughts. The bowl is a thought. The stick is relevancy. If you get back to the bowl before it falls off the stick, it's still relevant and you may continue to build off it. But you must keep people engaged. And maybe you're even seeing a, a bit of it like I'm trying to lay out thought patterns and, and how these things overlap. Oh, it was wealth, but wealth goes to discipline. Those things overlap a touch. Then the next bit, and that one overlaps a touch. So people, when you think about wealth, you don't put away health. You don't put away education. You don't put away family. These things all exist. Man, it's just, life has given us this amazing tapestry. Oh, just, and it's, and it's up to us to put them together and make them work, whether or not this one is raggedy and this one isn't. Because the idea with a tapestry and with a quilt is when you step back to be proud of what you've built. And wow. the dark spot in a sea of brightness will not will like no longer be a stain, but it, it's it's this this lodestar, this benchmark, you know, this fulcrum, right? It's a fulcrum point, this pivot that you changed. So, like I, I, you know, I talk about my weight now, I joke about it all the time, and maybe I'll be joking about it in a different way. In, in a couple months where if 20 becomes 40 and 40 becomes 60 and then I've made a meaningful change, you know, and then, gosh, I'm going to just go off the walls because you, you see me and you think, man, this is a person that is not restricted at all. And that's not true. You know, I have my failings. I'm completely embarrassed of the way I look like everyone else. You know, I care a lot less because again, my wife is a dime piece, you know what I mean? So like you could suck on that haters, you know, <laughs> um, what is it? But it's, it's the truth, right? And then we go back to kind of bucking. So like, again, it's always this, it sounds very lawyerish and man, I'm, I'm really not a legal guy. Like I don't have any, I don't have any official like legal training, but I have, mentored under a lawyer, like in the arena of critical thought and in this age of like ubiquitous information, I, I suggest it to everybody, uh, pick an hour, pick a time. Maybe you're walking the dog or maybe you're like with your kids. I find I, I do a lot of learning when I'm with my kids. I'm with them, but they're listening to Blue's Clues and I'm listening to, you know, lectures on whatever the thought of the day may be. Because strong thinkers, even if you don't understand the material, you may pick up a methodology. So again, you've heard me rant about this, that, and the other thing. Have you really learned anything about wealth? No, but maybe you've picked up like, wow, these bricks, if I just put them together, I won't find myself jumping anymore. I'll just be comfortably kind of walking the path. 
So in like 12.5 million words or less, right? That's my, that's an intro, right? Into the, into the, into the mind. <laughs> I hope it didn't disappoint, you know? <laughs> what do you think, Leanne? I told oh you my- it would be wild. This is amazing. I'm, but I'm following everything that you're doing. I'm hoping that people that are listening to this are also following everything that you're doing. Cause it's everything we can all relate to. Yeah. It's a, we're all yeah, we, so similar. Yeah, that's true. You're right. For some reason, John has this ability to do that. And well, I love people, man. I love people. The human experience. I'm sorry, yes. Michael. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like that. No, people are cool. Oh, I love people. You know what? You know what? You have to learn to even love people that you don't like, because. And I'm not saying like I'm the I'm this. It's funny, right? You're the this guy's like a hippy dippy kind of right foofy weird hippie thing, and it's not the case. But I think when I see somebody that blows my mind, I'm I'm never like, man, I hate that person. I'm like, man, what what got them there, right? What decision brought them there? What decision might bring them out of there? How much yes. of this is a fake, right? Because people people wear a lot of facades. So, and I think that's why I affect people so much because I just like I don't have that. That 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 function does not work. I don't. What you see is what you get. Yeah, and and then some. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's. I just put it out there. I'm unashamed. I'm unabashed because I want to welcome challenge. I think too many people walk around this world needing to be right, flip that perspective, and seek to be wrong. If you find yourself wrong once a day, I'll guarantee you, you learned seven things that week. And that's real. That's real life-changing stuff. You really want to change your life, learn how to be wrong. Let's put it this way. If you're happy, oh, I'm sorry, scratch that start again. If you're unhappy about the place you're at, but are pretty certain that you were right about everything, no, no, (laughs) go. That's not going to work. Go the other way. People struggle with self-auditing because I don't know if it's pride or whatever. I think I think it's a there's a, there's a fear of failure that just kind of crosses like all of the circles of life, you know, that that infinite Venn diagram. And especially in the United States. To, yeah. Yeah. People are just too afraid to lose. People are too afraid to lose. You know, they're too afraid to lose. And it's funny, it shows I've embraced. Things where losing is prevalent. Like I analyze baseball, a game where failing 60% of the time makes you the greatest to ever do it. If you could only manage to fail 60% of the time, you'd be the greatest to ever do it. Billions of people have come and gone on the earth and you would be the one to have succeeded at it. Mm-hmm. So the same thing goes for trading. The same thing goes for handicapping and betting. You know, the same thing goes for a lot of the hustles I'm into. And man, maybe that'll be something I, I hope that we get to. And it's but what do you, do you have a strategy for your eating then? Because we're talking with John L. By the way, he's an amazing firecracker of a human being. He knows everything there is to know yeah, about life. He's lived oh, it three times over and then some. Uh, I know John from fantasy baseball. That's how I first met him last year. I got on the Turn Two Pod with our friend Matt Williams, and I'm really blessed that I had the opportunity to meet John there, and that we're doing this now because John has so many tales and experiential knowledge. It, yeah, he's lived a life. Exists, he yeah. hasn't read about it. He's lived it. Yeah, yeah He's yeah, read yeah. about it too. I mean, he's, like you said, you read and you listen to wise people and yeah. you take things into account and apply them into your life. But you've also applied that to what you already know from yeah. your experiential knowledge. So with real quick with eating, do you have yeah, a strategy? Yeah, yeah. You said the oh, intermittent fasting. Are you like daily planning okay, it out? Okay, check, check this out. Just a quick story. I grew up really heavy in a time where, like, listen, my parents were really poor when they were children. They did a little bit better, right? The American dream, do a little bit better than the people before you. My father worked for the post office, government job, honest living. You know, you're not wealthy, but it's an honest living, right? It's a good wage. You get benefits and stuff. So, like, we, you know, had our own place, which was, like, a first and all that great stuff. So, to them, you know, especially, like, my dad's side this kind of uh italian but not not i don't want anyone to get confused like this guy's uber italian my family's like mayflower old we're brooklynites like we are brooklyn i have people of all religions and stripes in my family if you look around you know and i, I want and I'm, not, I'm not one of these like uber inclusive homeland kind of people that's what i'm getting at what i was getting at is this this italian american identity which is very real you know and not italian you're european it, it's it's quite different particularly in brooklyn 
And whether some of it is self-fulfilling and from movies and stuff is another story for another day. But long story short, in that culture, food is certainly love. So if you didn't have food young, providing abundance was showing love. And when you combine that with the lack of knowledge, just in general, right? Uh, you know, listen, man, a lot of stuff's changed. We, yeah. we didn't know about Atkins and low carbs, right? We didn't even know about this stuff. In fact, I can remember, I think there was a Seinfeld episode about this, that uh, my mom was one of the women that fell for the the no sugar cookie f- uh, fad. <laughs> I don't even know if you guys remember that. This goes back to, this is the early 90s. And these shops started popping up with sugar-free cookies and sugar-free frozen yogurt, right? These cookies would be massive. And all the women would be outside the elementary school eating these cookies, bragging about the new diet and all getting fat, you know? So, man, again, here we go with a bowl spinning. Perception versus reality. Not trusting establishments and governmental institutions giving you information, particularly self auditing your own, make you know, confirming these things are all intertwined. And like many other things, when you don't confirm and when you just take other people's word for it, particularly those with money on the line, you'll find that they often are manipulating you for their own financial gain. <laughs> you know, huge surprise. <laughs> so, wow. so, I grew up with abundance, I was always very heavy. But I was really athletic, like super athletic for, for a big guy. I mean, that was, you know, it's funny. You don't realize that was always what it was. Man, John, you're really fast for a big guy. You know, man, you're really good at football for a big guy. But like, you know, I was a baller. Like I could really play. So then through like those years, junior high school, when you're allowed to be outside on your own and play hand football all day, I kind of shrank down. You start getting girls, which is awesome. You know, I was already on that track because – if you're heavy, you feel like you have to kind of overcompensate, right? So you you start to kind of study the men that get women. You know what I'm saying? That's how I am. I'm, you know, what's what's this guy doing? Besides having muscles, you know, what what else brings him in? And you find, you know, paying attention, being funny, being complimentary, being a good person. We learn later what that is, you know. Um, so the the mm. the point being, then again, I I gained right because I became happy, so I became fat again. Because again, um, <laughs> this for people that are parents. Don't allow your children to get there in the first place because once you get heavy, your body will maintain a propensity to be heavy for decades to come, perhaps. So that's that's number one. Like my kids, you know, my wife is skinny and hot. My kids are both in fantastic shape. We don't give them crap. And now I'm not like a stickler. Like there's a thing of cookies in the house, but we don't have, you know, it's not a, it's, we don't just hit you them. With 10, the 12 day. packs of soda in the house. So. Yeah. You know what? Drinking calories. Oh my God. Number one, worst thing you could do for people out there. Like side bowl. Yes. Number one, if you want to lose weight. One of the number one things you learn as an adult, when you get yeah. older, you're like, well, this is um, wow. Terrible call. Terrible. Call. And, and when you learn more about the actual machinations of digestion, liquid is used the fastest. So also the way sugar works is the sugar that isn't used is transformed the fat the fastest. Right. So if you're, if you're going to go play something, that's when you hear Gatorade. You know what I mean? But you don't drink Gatorade to sit around. So it's the same right. idea. If you drink sugar and then sit down, you're on a fast path to weight, weight gain. Right? So that bowl aside, uh, drinking calories is a huge no-no. And, John, what would you but say though? somebody says, John, you're fat shaming, though? Come on, dude. You got to be – people are no, allowed no, no, to be no. fat in this Listen, life. Fat, what would you say to that? I would say fat shaming is, is, is a tool of manipulation. You don't have to ever be ashamed. You should be ashamed if you're not working your hardest. You work your hardest and you don't get your your, your gains. Come to me about feeling bad. Then you, we feel bad. And, but then we should be thinking about how we're going to correct it. Because, again, fat shaming, eh, maybe I shouldn't have leaped. I, I kind of – I didn't really look before I leaped. Because, again, we should have defined the terms before we walk <laughs> into pitfalls. I threw fat it shaming, yeah. are we talking about you need to be cubed? You need to have a six-pack? That's unrealistic and stupid. That should be ignored. Are we bragging about people above 400 pounds and have BMIs in the triple digits? No. If we truly care about these people, we should be addressing a very real health issue, a very real health issue. Okay, again, I'm not shaming anybody. I'm one of you, and I need to – I want to change. I want people to want me naked. I need to change (laughs) because I love this earth, and I love my family. I love my friends. You should promote good health. Promote good health. That's what it means. Yeah, that's what it – Mike, that's exactly it. And I'll tell you and what. if you're it, naturally big, cool. That's cool. Right, but I don't, I don't healthy. think that's the thing. I don't think that, like, I don't believe the person that's, again, we're not talking about the man that's 230, the woman that's 175. 
Okay, we're talking, again, life, we need context. Let's always provide yes. context. We're talking about the morbidly obese, right? We, as a people, we, the same way, if I saw you smoking and lighting cigarettes off another cigarette, as much as I'd say, yo, this guy, Mike, is the best man, funniest guy I've ever met, and, but he smokes so damn much, he's not going to be around to continue making me laugh. So be selfish and help that person, you know what I mean? And at the same time, you'll be helping them. Because I, Dude, I, uh, I, yes. I don't believe, I just don't believe fat shaming, fat shaming, for me, the term is reserved for coming down on people who are trying. That's wrong. And that should never be allowed. Okay. Although, again, if you're that person, you can't fat shame me because I don't give a shit what you say. <laughs> I don't care. Like, and not only do I not, not only do I not care, it begins to feed me, right? And then there's another fork in the road. Where where's with, with, with the fork? The good fork, because somebody motivated you, the bad fork, because it's all about balls and, and forks. <laughs> right. Now you're gonna self-destruct. I'm gonna show him who's fat by eating cookies. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> huh? What? That doesn't make sense. So Well, that's interesting. Last week's show we talked wait, about wait, having I wanna, difficult I wanna wrap on I wanna wrap on the diets because of course I, I went on my circuitous my circuitous rants. But again, I, I hope they remain pertinent. So um then blowing up again, here's where I uh, here's where we're gonna tie everything down. So I blew up again, probably getting girls being happy, like in high school and stuff. And I, then I, at this point, I didn't have the knowledge. So you kind of crash diet, right? You kind of fad diet. You stop eating sugar out of nowhere, which doesn't, I don't know. I guess it works. I lost 130 pounds doing it, so it works. But then yes. I immediately blew up and I felt sick doing it. And I had a bout with emotional stuff. You know, like you you feel rotten. And I, I can speak for this specifically. So the, I'm a man that has been at five foot six or whatever, five foot seven, whatever the hell I am. I've been... 180 and I've been 325. The way people treat you, particularly women, it's enough to make you sick to your stomach. You know, you, you don't, you know, that's just the way of the world. Okay. So I don't, we, we, we can't set out to change every, you know, innate inequity. It's not going to work that way, but I can speak to a very real women touch you when they pass you, when you're, when you're have muscles and skinny or they skip you in line, they give you free stuff at the checkout. I'm dead serious because I was always somewhat handsome, I guess. I always had a good personality. So once I lost the weight, I was a chick magnet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, just what life is. I had, I already put together all the pieces because I wanted the goal. But then when I put my foot down, I lost weight. Right. So the crash diets don't work. I ended up getting educated. And then what we're going to get to again, educate. But then once you educate, you have to find your comfort zone. So find the thing that works for you that's not a punishment. If a diet is a punishment, it's going to fail, or at least I'm speaking for myself now. You know, a lot of the other stuff I dropped before, I feel more objective about, like I'll take those to court. This is more of a, a, is a me thing. I found intermittent fasting was perfect. It's a hard discipline. Yes and no. Very little subjective room here. You know, it's not, oh, does this meet the requirements of macro and stuff like that? And it's like, uh, we really counted calories and measuring stuff. Remember, I have young kids. You're going to be around kind of crappy food sometimes, poor food decisions around. So intermittent fasting is really awesome because it's, like I said, yes or no. And not to say you can eat whatever you want during your eating window, because I believe you'll find, like I did, that you really can't. Your appetite shrinks and bad food maybe partly getting old, starts to feel like, you know, uh, man, it's funny. Eating something I would um, have uh, two months ago and thought nothing of, now I'm sick for like two days. I'm holding my stomach and I'm, I'm just dying, you know? So they would go to like educating, right? Discerning good information, applying good information, and then making that meaningful change, right? And again, once you start the path, a lot of times you'll find it's not a chore anymore. So for me, like, you couldn't get me to eat after 6 p.m. right now. You could put a fresh cannoli from Villa Bodies on 18th Avenue. I would never, I don't want it. It has to, would have to, granted, I might have a piece of it the next day, but like, I'm not, you know, that, that's gone now. And I hope, and I hope that part of my life is, is over, but every day is a struggle, you know, just like I sound like I know everything, but I don't. He doesn't know everything, folks. There it is. No, that man. is a perfect line to Ooh, take away Socrates. from this. Can we get Socrates involved? Sure, why not? Let's, Let's get, get old ancient Greece involved. involved. They well, some you, interesting you guys are part, this, this makes you part of the uh, of the Cork Stats crew. That's that's my home base, my home podcast, right? And we, I quote Socrates at least once. Oh man, where? Right, I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. How's that? How about how about this one? True knowledge exists, 
knowing that you know nothing. There you go. That's a good one. I like you that know what? I've heard Let's you say that one. I don't know anything. I don't know. What I know is a grain of sand on an endless beach, right? And and I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Oh, that's great. We're talking with John L. here on the First Day Podcast. Don't forget, First Day Pod at ProtonMail.com. You can email us. If you have any questions about the already various topics that John's been covering, please email us. Or you can find us on Twitter at First Day Pod or the Facebook page, which we are very active on. And, of course, on Instagram, where we do every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. special reviews of our previous shows. And we'll have to do a special one of this, Leanne, after this show is over because there's a lot to take from this, right? Yeah, it's huge. And the the whole thing about knowing that you don't know much, it gives you the permission to be curious all the time. That's what's exciting. So I've had people, I've had friends that I like have been friends with forever and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, you were asking questions that you knew the answer to. And I was like, no, no, I wanted to find out what their answer was because right. it, and that's the whole thing. They're like, you sound like you don't know what you're talking about when you're on that podcast. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because I want to hear what other people have to say because I don't have the end all be right. all answer. So I think that I love that you brought Socrates up and I, the curiosity portion, I think makes us grow all the time. Oh yeah, no one, no. Here's another great one I got, and it's funny. The, you know, great advice doesn't always come from lawyers and doctors and and politicians. One of my favorite <laughs> politicians. This guy one. was like, I mean, he was like a total mess of a person, but he was an excellent electrician. And and he said, no one is going to give it to you, Johnny. You got to go get it. No one's going to give it to you. You got to go get it. And if you wait for someone to go give it to you, other people are going to get it while you were waiting. And man, that that whole man. Let's just keep. I love quote. Can you tell? Like I, I love quotes, right? I love that stuff because well, Leanne loves quotes me. too. And um, it's, again, and I feel like I try and be all over the spectrum. This one's actually Arnold Schwarzenegger, which you know, think of him what, what you will. When he he achieved greatness, right? We I think we could, we could say that when during his Olympia days, and he has a, a speech he delivered to a college campus that I um I think it's about success. So I think if you were to Google Arnold Schwarzenegger and success. Uh, if you've heard me now for even whatever it is, 10 or 15 minutes, for me to tell you, it's maybe the most impactful thing I've ever heard. And I hope that speaks for it. And one of the key things he says in it is, you need to sleep slower, uh, sleep faster. You need to sleep faster, right? If you find that you're sleeping eight or nine hours a day, sleep faster. Because he doesn't get into the granular part of it, but that's where my mind took me is, yo, this guy's right. Eight hours a day is 33% of your life. And if we cut that eight to six, that's a 25% savings. That's a 12th of your day. That's 6% of every day, 6% of your life that you can now be productive. So with 6% of your life, you could take a new hobby and master a craft. And that's kind of what I did was I started to sleep faster. And with every increment that I gave myself, I made myself more and more productive. You know, I found when I was a bit, as I was kind of becoming a full grown, you know, an adult, a grown ass man, as they say, I would struggle arguing because I was too, blah, 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 too all over the place. And I wasn't able to kind of connect the dots. <laughs> so that was where I got into the lawyerisms. I knew that I needed to correct my ability to persuade. I knew that I had the information and I had a understanding of the pertinent info, but I wasn't able to convey it. So I found lawyers giving lectures on critical thinking that I really liked. I found people that I found particularly intelligent and persuasive, and I started following their work. And now when the kids are watching Blue's Clues, I spend an hour listening to great minds talk about critical thinking. And after years and years, you you find people in the grocery store like, yo, man, that was really smart of you. You know what I mean? Like I'll be talking to my wife and people turn around and they're like, yo, that was crazy. Are you serious? You know, I, I, so I'm just this, I just walk around spewing. I'm like the pig pen of, of, of just, I don't even know. I don't want to say like knowledge, but I don't want I'm not giving myself the credit. It's like factoids and God, useless nonsense. <laughs> oh, we're talking with pig pen. Yeah. All right. That dust cloud behind him is a cloud of knowledge though. Exactly. Yeah. It's, Mike, talk, how do you, Mike, how do you feel about that? About the sleeping faster? portion of it because i'm all for it as yeah you know. i can help you no, do it but you like the trick 
Yes, I would like the trick. All right, here we go. Again, it's more than just theory when it comes to me. You can't ever just come to me with theory. You have to come to me with application or I'm yeah. going to tell you to go back to the classroom, right? Because awesome. I, 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 I don't want to hear about potential change. We're making changes, the difference, the total difference. So, okay, okay to sleep faster, I, I was just, I was kicking myself and I started to do research, right? That's your best bet. I, I kind of went in knowing that sleep research is a bit wonky. You know, it's not a hard science necessarily, right? It's, there's some subjective stuff and it's very case by case is probably what I should say. It's very individualized, right? So you got to be careful for anecdotal stuff. Don't, I knew there was going to be trial and error is what I mean. So I started researching and I read about sleep efficiency. So I would, I would suggest people, you know, if you're looking for a starting point, go from there. And there was this doctor who did a study that said, um, your body releases like enzymes or endorphins uh, on three hour cycles. And the theory behind this study was if you can time to wake up on that cycle, then you'll wake up refreshed. The uh, anecdotal evidence he was using as proof was sometimes you sleep a, a whole night, you feel like crap. And sometimes you sleep half that and you feel great. His objective backing was this. Now, I hope I'm not getting hopes too high because I, I was not able to do this. Um, man, think about a three-hour window. It's like if you're caught trying to make yourself say, okay, I have to stay up for another hour and 20 minutes in the middle of the night, let's say. Like, What if you're up doing a podcast, you're up researching, you're writing an article, you're with the kids? It becomes very, very difficult. This is for like single people, right, that I don't even know, work on their own. Like I don't even know. You have to have a very – a very malleable lifestyle, like, and I do, but even for, for me, that didn't work. So it was back to the drawing board. People suggested to me snooze button, right? And I, I thought, man, that's so silly. I would never, I know, I never understood. I'm going to get somewhere at this, believe it or not. You hit the snooze button. 10 minutes is not enough of, a, I feel like worse after 10 minutes of a snooze button. Intuitive me. What if I made the snooze an hour? Okay. Try it out. The thing goes off. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're mad. You're upset. Just like you'd always be waking up. But because you're so tired, I get to go back to sleep for an hour. Oh, my God. I'm going back to sleep for an hour. I'm going back to sleep for an hour. And you go back to sleep for an hour, and I would wake up refreshed. And I said, holy hell, that was awesome. Because remember, commercial electrician, um, particularly in New York City, very early to rise. The reason being... Once New York City opens, like when we were alive and Earth was on schedule, it's very hard to get delivery trucks through Midtown. So we, they want us in Midtown at 7 o'clock in the morning. If you live in the outer boroughs, man, you're up at 4.15 to get the subway in. You know, we're really early risers. So if you got to get up at 4 o'clock, very difficult. But what's the difference between 4 o'clock and 3 o'clock? And I started setting it for 3 o'clock, and that hour changed my life. Changed my life. I, I can't promise that it will change yours. But I would say to think about the unorthodox method I took, right? It's very simple. I've never heard it before. And usually when I tell people about it, I get very weird kind of, whoa, 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 whoa. And that is very simple theory. You wake up, you were going to be pissed off anyway. You still wake up pissed, but this time, and if you're me, you're getting older, maybe you go to the bathroom for a second. But then you have a full hour and you sleep. And you wake up the second time, and I found I felt phenomenal. It translated into quality of life. It translated to more productivity, and and I it kind of took off from there. That was a man. It in, changed me, you know. In general, how much did you sleep before that hour? Like, what were you sleeping before the alarm would go off? Six hours max, maybe. You know? Okay. Yeah, because again, if you're waking up at four and you're kind of a you know, man, I'm a young guy, you know, I'm having fun, you're out, TV, even if it's TV, friends or girls or whatever, to be in bed at 10 o'clock as a, I don't know, 27-year-old man, you know, on your own is like, it's unheard of. You know, there were how many nights I was out the whole night and went to work the next day and it's the joke. They knew we went to the bar to be puke outside the A-train station anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so bad. I used to be so bad. I was so bad. Uh well, I mean, I believe in sleeping. It seems important to me. But no, it is. Just... it is. It is. It is. No, no, it no. Is. But if you're right, maybe the, it could be six hours, you know? But I'm just, I seem to be so much better if I'm seven hours at least. It's just how I feel. But then and that's like you said, it has to be whatever works for you, you know? Yeah, I think that's your answer, Mike. 
Right. That, that one, like when it comes to wealth, I'll be very forward. I'll be very assertive that I think you should do what I've done because I, again, I feel like I can back that. This is more, and again, I'm very careful about that. I don't want to tell, you know, this, I can't tell you what I wanted to, the main point was be experimental. If you're not happy mm -hmm. with results, when you're not happy with results, continue to bang that machine, you know, just, just, <laughs> just keep hitting it because you might find the weakness. Right, yes. like trying to beat a boss in Mario or something. You're, you're playing him for hours, and you finally find out. Oh, if I jump on the tail, I, I gotta get him. And then you know it'll just yeah. change you. So that's I think the strive for improvement is a is a good probably maybe the biggest bowl we have. That's the salad bowl, yeah. you know, uh, spinning on the giant broomstick, because that that's what it's all about. If you don't want to get better, then whatever, go watch TV. Like I have no time. I have no time for you. Um, geez, my uh, was it you that had the triage conversation with Mike? Yeah. Uh, oh, we had the triage conversation. Okay, great. This is great. This is pertinent for this is pertinent for, for, for right now. All of us are in these situations. I'm in it right now trying to help people. I don't know, and some I do know. You guys are constantly trying to help people is what you do. God bless you guys. You know, everybody does, right? We're always trying to help our wives, our kids, our parents. It's a, it, 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 it never ends. You can't do it. Just like I said, trying to tackle innate inequities in society. Like, listen, I get, I get it. You know, that hero, I get it. <laughs> those are those are macro goals. Yeah, right? saving. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Saving the world is a macro goal. All right, and and it, it often fails. There will. I, I think it's a harsh reality. There will unfortunately always be inequities in human existence. Unfortunately, yes, and and, and I'm, not, I'm not proud of it, and I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but oh, I just, dude, we're, we're getting into the part of the conversation where people stop liking me because that's where it gets cold. It gets cold. Listen, the world's a the world's a cold, hard place. And I've hurt people, and and I I truly feel bad about some of the things I've done, and and that's Mike. I was telling you that you know it's my past that's kind of driven me to now. I just I mean I just help people openly. I mean, and some of the stuff that I put out on Twitter, like I could charge for, I could get money for those charts and the baseball stuff. That I don't I don't care. I want to help because I've I've put out negative. At this point, I feel like I'm now a net positive to the world. But you know, I think it's important to change to try and impart change. Back to the triage mentality. There's so much bad. There's so much evil. And there's so many people who accept it. They embrace it. They don't want to change it. That when I say triage, you have to think of like a battlefield. You go to help somebody. And if they're, you know, weakened and you can't save them, even if they're there and still taking air, you have to move on. And it's a, oh, it hurts. Wow. Think of it as an important test. Mike, you got two hours. You got to get 100 of these 500 questions right. You say, 500 questions? How about we do 500 questions? That's the point. They want to see who's going to get stuck on one. The first wow. question may be the hardest one. The first one may not have an answer. The next 499 may be two plus one, one plus one, two plus zero. But you didn't know that because you, you're stuck trying to hammer this. I got to get this answer. <laughs> That's micro. Step back. Always take out the lens, people. Zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. That's a very pertinent uh, strategy in, in trading, right? You could look at a – I could show you a chart, right, of – where am I? Right there, where it's this much, and you see it all going down. But if we were to zoom out, you'd see I'm actually looking at Amazon, and it's done nothing but go up, and the part that you saw going down was a couple days. So, again, we're tying in perspective, right? We're tying in actionable change, how to look at things, and how things – Man, let's let's spin another giant ball. Appearance versus reality is just and discerning the difference between the two when it matters and when to plant your flag and fight for it. You know, these are important things that again go into triage. How much time are we spending on problems? Mike, you may solve a problem. I may solve 25 in the same time, you know, and it's not the it, it's just you got to be efficient, right? Or you notice I'm I'm always banging these same buzzwords. I get up in the morning, I have a purpose. To me, life is not static. Life is dynamic, extremely dynamic. So I do not believe in lateral movements. I don't believe that you are the same as you were yesterday. If you didn't improve, you've gotten worse. And that's another hard people hate to hear. Oh, wow, what do you mean? I'm mean, yes. Sorry, those are. You know, that's how I squeeze the lemon. That's what it is. You know, for me, that's what it is. These are, it's just how I work. I don't, I don't really know how to argue it. That's a right? law of nature. If you're yeah. not living, you're dying. That's, some people, that's fact. Some people think maintain that there is such a thing as maintain, like maintenance, maintaining. 
Yeah, I agree with you, Lee. I really do. I do. I, I, and, and I think, you know, time is so precious, right? We're with efficiency. And if you're trying to make change, change is defined by rates. Rate is defined by time and time is finite. So if you take that logical path, if you want change, you better get on it yesterday. You know, start, start yesterday, you know, start yesterday. And it's, you know, make the plan. I like to. I like to write plans. Is that's a little weird? People I often find think that's strange. Like I have a written trading plan, and people Why often. What's that? Why is that weird? Well, I don't know. People don't write things anymore. You know what oh. I'm saying? I, people don't write. He's rules. right. They don't. People I mean, don't write things, so I have written rules. Leanne, I, you're talking to the right person, John, because Leanne loves to write things down. She loves to journal. She loves planning. Is it oh, available? Yeah. You got, you got, I'll help you promote your stuff after. I'm going to check it out now. So, no, I just, I I was in, we had this conversation today. I have a mastermind that we do every morning, at, or every morning, every Sunday morning at 745. And we were talking about this. She exact- willingly gets up that early every Sunday morning, just for the record. So. I've been yeah. up for like two hours at that point, Mike, just so you know. Right. right. I've been up reading already. You know, I'm up reading, so it's okay. Yeah, there's always people that are at different levels. And that's the whole thing, too, is that you need to be surrounding yourself with the people that are going to get you to where you want to be. But one of the things that we were talking about is we don't have to make that choice to grow. Like, you don't. And it is okay if you want to, like, when – when um. We're talking about just staying stagnant. If you want to do that, that's okay. But what you have to do is you have to look in your heart to see what you want because I don't believe anybody wants to be stagnant. It's just easier. So anything that you're taking from here, anything that John is talking about, you don't have to look at it and be at his like hyper Brooklyn, I'm New York and I'm going to take you out. This is what we're going to (laughs) do. You can just, oh, take you out, I guess was a really bad. I love it. So, but you don't have to be at that aggressive. Take any little piece of this episode one and apply it. And you're golden. You're, in that next step for you. That's you know what I've been called also? I've been called, I mean, I have, I've been called many things. <laughs> I have been called no. many things. Um, no, no, I love, I love the, I really do. I love the analogies. I don't mind. I had someone call me. I love me. you. I had somebody call me the dog track rabbit once and that stuck. And the idea was this. So One step you, ahead. Leanne, you, 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 <laughs> not accidentally because you were driving a good point, but you kind of opened the door to something else that's really partly right. So. Okay, great. You don't have to maintain my speed, but I'll tell you something you do have to do. Understand that some people are. Okay. Mm. So the racetrack rabbit, dog track rabbit. Your dog may be running pretty fast, but if it's not faster than the other dogs, which is not faster than the rabbit, you're still going to lose. And you may, and, and again, you may have gotten faster than the last time you ran. So you're improving, which is good if that's what you're striving for. But my... My thing is, a lot of my push for improvement comes from this terror that other people are improving faster than I am. You know, other. Uh, let's. I'll give you a perfect example. He's he's in the digital room as we speak, right? So, fantasy baseball. Um, again, back to ubiquitous information. People taking advantage of the information age. There are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people doing this work. How do you stay ahead? If I'm not working on it, Mike is. Mike's putting out articles and audio and new stuff. He's incorporating humor in, with, in new ways that really has not been done before. So I could look at my phone or watch the news or I don't mean to hang out with my kids. Because, again, when I hang out with my kids, I even I make that work for me in two paths. I'm being a good parent by spending with them. But I'm also not turning off my brain. I got the background on. Something's going on. And I'm trying to stay sharp because of people like Mike, because of the countless other people who are – and I. Mike, don't take this wrong. Who are coming after me? Let's say, you know what I mean. I don't mean it. I don't mean it like that. I don't, you know, I don't. I don't mean it like that. Because really, well, that's not sure going either, though. It's competitive, so yeah. Yeah, sure. I think it yeah. actually needs to be said that way. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's you know what's funny. Also, I think this is really interesting because you would think, having had heard me say that I'm so motivated by others, it's not. It's theoretical for me because I'm. I believe in the rising tide that lifts all ships. So like, all I don't see it as I need to get better in competition with you, Mike. I need to be better because we're both getting better. Yeah. You know, like this, this tide is going to rise. 
And, you know, I refer to our new kind of crew, we're the new world order, right? That's us. We're the, this new kind of highly analytical, high energy, high personality, uh, fantasy baseball circle that we're in, you know, is in stark contrast to what we've had in decades past, a stuffed shirt and a very serious, well, guess what? I'm coming after you. You know, that that's competition because I feel like I'm delivering it better than you, but I also can't be the only person to give it. So I don't, I don't worry myself with, I need to be better than Mike or I need to be better with, than Matt. Uh, and I, I just, I think that's potentially dangerous to put yourself up against other people yes. like that because comparison's the death of joy, man. It is. Yeah. My, listen, you, you, my competition is in one place and it's in the mirror and that's it. You know, Amen. I want competition. I go right to the mirror. You stick my fat finger right in my face and say, listen, dude, you know, you got to get it together or you got to do this or you got to do that. And if not, then just accept that you suck and you are okay sucking. Because what's not okay for me, what I have a very low tolerance for, is people complaining without the effort. That you want to, I'm the, I just might be one of the nicest people I know. You know, and I've, I've become that way. But don't expect the time, the effort, the graces if you're not going to help yourself. You know, you're going to get out what you put in. That goes to everything, everything. No one's going to give you squat. And I've had people say, man, John, you know, I. No, I don't even get it. Like, you know, you're, you're like betting on baseball. You know, my betting algorithm has over 2,000 man hours in it. You know, while you were sleeping, I was back testing. I was coding. I was watching tape. I was running correlations. Okay. Like I was working. So it's not my fault that I was working and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Right. But again, there's that thing is every time that maybe this is my own paranoia. Like I was saying, every time you stop, someone is gaining on you. That's how I see it. I don't know how, how to see it other than that. Because I worry sometimes, even when I'm moving at pace, that people are gaining. So I can't like fundamentally digest that me staying still, which again, we've already established, Lee, right, Mike, that staying still is a is a reversion. So even if the reversion is, you know, orders of magnitude slower than the progression, it's still allowing for that disparity gap to be closed. So I'm always holding myself up to a very high level, you know, and, and I, again, you've got to use your strengths. My strength is, is gosh, I don't know what happened. I just born with extra Ram, right? I mean, I don't know what the processor just is stuck. The, 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 the juicer is, is stuck on, on high. And, and what if I told you that this is me on my best behavior? Most people are, are shocked. And if you can only imagine how it gets around me in the par with a couple whiskeys in me, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm no, I'm no longer like, oh my God, I don't want to, that guy's nuts, you know, like, I, cause I used to get that, like, yo, get your stuff. Let's get out of here. You know, now, I mean, it, it comes off like a movie. Before you know it, I'm I'm standing on a bar stool telling stories like the mayor of a pub. You know what I mean? And I just because I love people, man. I'm telling you, I've had a couple near death experiences, and I think maybe that maybe that plays into it. Like I'm afraid, you know, once you've seen the Reaper kind of come for you, I don't know if you guys have have been through that. It's an interesting discussion always, but I've yeah. had a couple. So like you know, like, I right, give you one. Like I was, I was, yeah. I got, I got held up. Right, we got mugged uh, in front of a public library when I was in like. I don't know, man. Maybe I was like 15 years old, right? So here's here's a good story, right? It's because because these are these are stories that crumble people. You can crumble, or like the phoenix, you know, you can rise from the ashes. You can tell yourself it's adversity that defines character, and it's getting off the mat that defines who you are, right? So here we go. Long story short, and of course, as a young kid, man, we were just abusing drugs, you know, just. No cares for the world. We were all really smart guys. We're all in specialized schools. And we kind of thought that that, like, it gave us an excuse, right? We thought, like, oh, mom can't be mad at me. I'm, you know, I'm a straight-A student. I just happen to be, you know, chewing a dozen pills of ecstasy every Friday night or whatever. Anyway, so we're partying our balls off, eyes popping out of our heads, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, man, let's go get some, you know, whatever. The stupidest thing sounds smart in the middle of the night. Let's go get some razzles. I haven't had a razzle in 25 years. Like, what the fuck is a razzle? All right. So we're going to get razzles. And, of course, we're really stupid walking around a bad neighborhood. And, you know, wearing these guineas with the big silver chains and the big Nordica jackets that was, at the, that was hip at the time with, like, reflectors on them. So it's like, come find me. I'm the idiot, you know, with money and all this shit on me because I'm so smart. Right? This is what I do. You know, and, of course, the chain is out. Just, you know, it's a total idiot. All of us. And, you know, we see a couple hoods 
and we're we're listen, we were never afraid. We were scrappers. You know what I mean? Like if you want my stuff, you might get it, but you might be, you know, finding it out that you got it in the hospital, right? Like you just I don't go down without a fight. So I was never scared. And I remember the kid asked me for a cigarette because we were smoking, which is also a very is a no-no outside in the city at nighttime, especially in like a rough neighborhood, because you're inviting you're inviting that. You're inviting people to engage you and ask yeah, for that it. That bum of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was smoking, of course, because that's what cool people on drugs do, like an idiot. I no longer smoke. I quit that addiction, by the way. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the worst. The oh, God, that's the worst. Um, and so we, he asked for a cigarette, and I didn't I, – I, you know, I told him whatever, I don't have one. And I kind of saw him – you know, I, what I thought was lunch. So I thought we were getting ready to fight, which, you know, fine, whatever is kind of what we do. And – I go to like kind of grab him, and then I see the shine, and it turns out you know he's carrying like a like a like a piece, but mm -hmm. not. And, and as we're kind of under the streetlights now, I I I mean again we're here talking addiction, so the the cheekbones of crack addiction, you know, the mm -hmm. cheekbones of crack addiction were were well displayed. These kids were oh my god skeletons, and the gun probably weighed more than him. But mm -hmm. it was a cannon. I mean, it was not that it matters. You're gonna die anyway. But there really is something to seeing a loaded 45, let's say, you know, compared to maybe a 22 or like a little revolver. Again, I'm not saying like, oh, if it was a 22, I would have said, you know, put it right here. I'm just saying yeah. you're looking at this thing, and I remember just turning white. They separated us, they separated me from my friends, probably because I was the biggest, you know, not like intimidating big, but I was just the biggest. Maybe I look like I'd give them the most problems. I don't know, whatever. And they separated us and he took them aside to kind of rob them and tell them they were going to kill me, you know, and he, 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 he cocked, you know, he cocked it in front of me to show me it was loaded. And, you know, he put it up to my head and, you know, you're, you're shit. How man. old are you? 15. Uh, 15 or 16, maybe. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the rap songs are real, right? You know, the, all the bullshit that people are talking like, and again, side bowl to all you people on social media talking about violence and what you're going to do. Most of you are not doing anything. You're going to wet yourself. Okay. You're going to wet yourself because if I come for you, you're probably in a lot of trouble. And unless you have experience like other things in life, when you get met with the real game, when you get real met with game speed and how things develop with people that have experience, you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble that you never expected. And I got news for you. Everybody should have gotten slapped at least once. And if you never got slapped, I mean slapped where everything went, whoa, we're not talking about where it hurts. We're not talking about pain. We're talking about the realization of <gasps> you lose everything. Yeah change of perspective you know that'll change you off that pole back to where we're going so i it was the fear of god you know rightfully so i thought i was gonna die and they were just messing with me ended up not killing me thank god you know it was funny even in one of the one of the good things about living your life on the red line like i do in six gear all the time is i've always been excellent under pressure it probably makes sense i mean i i don't brag about a lot of stuff i'll tell you i'm just a moderate trader i'm just a moderate baseball analyst i think i'm a fantastic dad you know but like when it comes to pressure, I'm the guy you want because I live in pressure. Like I, I am pressure. When things speed up, I, I hate comparing myself to greats, but I, I feel this way. And again, you know, I really feel the conviction. Things slow down for me, frame by frame almost in critical moments. Oh. And I always make the right decision. It's, you become it's, the fear. There's nothing to fear because you become it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, Mike. I, I, I wish I could take credit for it. I just no, know. No, not necessarily. You net. It's not like you intentionally did it necessarily. It's just the way you've lived, the way you are. You're built for it. So yeah, yeah. So when it happened, so it it it. I see it cocked, and then and amazingly, this I had clarity come over me, and I I looked away from him to say, "Listen, man, you know, because I'm fit now." It's funny how clear you're, I was able to think because most people, you know, when I it was, I said, "Listen, man, it's dark. I'm not even looking at you. I can't identify you guys." I said, "If you if you pull that trigger." You're going to put my brains on this library. The police are going to be looking for you for the rest of your life. And you're not going to end up with any more money than you have right now. Take the stuff. Dude, call it a win. Just take the shit and just go. No one cares. I ain't going to come after you. And, you know, you're kind of you're hitting them with the lingo. You know, man, listen, man, we're street. I get you. You got, you know, you, you would say on the street, you got got. So if you've ever heard that phrase, you got, I got got, you know, they got yes. me, I got got. 
And uh, listen, it is what it is. I've, I've, I'm not saying I've ever really taken the L. I'm not an offensive. I was never an offensive person. You know, as a fat youth, being picked on when I became the man that could defend himself, I'm the defender now. Like I, the only actually I shouldn't say that. I have gone on offense. You smack a woman in the bar, I'm gonna blindside you. I'm gonna put you through the fire hydrant outside. And we used to kind of make a name for ourselves as somewhat street superheroes because there's a lot more of that bullying and intimidation from people who f- oh yeah because you could slap her around you could slap him around not to be tough but why don't you try slapping us around why don't you all of a sudden you go oh well, no man no i didn't mean nothing by oh, 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 oh. you already took the hands out you already like listen i uh when you drink in bars every night like i used to every night multiple bars uh bay ridge in brooklyn used to be the best you know you could you don't have to drive and you could walk uh, if you, I don't know if you guys probably never been there, but it's at, like a Brooklyn's kind of has like a downtown in South Brooklyn almost. And oh, Leanne loves rest- uh, New York City. Don't be oh, fooled. Oh, restaurants. Yeah. It's it's comparable with Manhattan itself. It's on par with Manhattan. There's a piece of Brooklyn, and popping. You could just, I mean, literally, you know, got to be scores of bars, 50, 60, 80 bars, restaurants everywhere. So people out in the street, it's nuts, man. It was, it was crazy. But we'd be out. Leanne wants us to get married in Central Park, so yeah. Oh, listen, a little car there. there. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful place, man. I, re- I hope if that's what you guys want. I hope you get it. It's beautiful, you know. New York City can well, be a wonderful spot. Let me say two things. Two things. You said a lot here, and I want to yeah, real quick. So real back, when you said there's competition with people that you're competing with yourself. It's a marketplace that exists. So you are competing to improve yourself in a market. If you're going to be involved in the public and put yourself in a market. I you think are I disagree, com- Mike. Well, no, you're not You're not competing against it, but you are, you're raising the level and you're taking things to a right, new but that's independent, spot. But that's, but that's, and that's fine. Yeah, I got you. But it's in, for me, it's internal. And I just, I want to make it clear that, um, how do I put this? Because I'm raising up people with you. I get it. I'm supporting what you're saying. I, I don't know. I'm not saying what I want to say properly, honestly. No, no, no and I'm not, I'm not taking any kind of spite uh, towards it. I don't, you know, I don't think. No, I don't think you do. I don't. Yeah, okay. I just, I, what, I, what I mean is, what I mean is, all right, let, let's use us because now it might be uh, it might be beneficial to actually kind of be granular and have an actual example. For us, Mike, content is our commodity, right? That's our, the thing we exchange in. Yes. I, I, I to imply that there's competition or to imply that there's even a market is a little bit outside of my purview in the way I approach it because I don't, I don't. My approach is this. You know, and uh, the story I've kind of famously told now at this point was, um, no, man, I've kind of come pretty far in the analyst circle in a very short time, uh, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, uh, from, what I, from what I've heard. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, man, we're going to, oh, this is going to be good because we're going to get into some really other important stuff like how you really, how you're going to better yourself. The, one of the best ways to better yourself is to value yourself, Right. So that means to say no, okay? I have said no to more offers than I've said yes. And that's why, I don't know who else listening to this, I'm one of the higher if you know paid in this game that we play. Because I say no. They offer and I say no. And then someone else might offer and they might offer higher and they might say no. You know, and, and you have to be willing, you have to be willing to say no. But that kind of comes with the other stuff I was talking about before with monetizing hobbies and having multiple income streams because that really, I mean, now we're kind of fast forwarding. That's the end goal income, multiple income streams is the true is the final doorway to financial independence. And I mean, I'm serious. I haven't worked in three years. My wife hasn't worked in 10. Uh, we, we got it on in- the board right here, man. Our goals have- for 2021 was to have, <laughs> I know this sounds dumb. It says create 10 streams of passive income. Okay. I don't even know well, what that I means, mean, but I, lo- we're trying. We're trying. It's lofty. I would have prob- I would have replaced ten, a definitive number, with the word several or maybe multiple, because that way you won't fail. Like, let's put it this way, Mike: seven, seven would be thirty percent miss, which is kind of a fail, but it's a tremendous success. In- right, but Leanne always says, "Hey, shoot for a million, you make two hundred fifty thousand. Still, that's a great. That's great." Okay. Okay, providing that it doesn't deflate you. Okay, yes, I agree. Right. She, she's right. Oh, oh, aim for the moon. Aim for yeah. the moon. But yeah, I guess, yeah, this is probably just a matter of perspective about goal setting. You know, we're like, listen, um, I'd be lying if I said I'm done at 20 pounds, but I didn't want to start out saying I'm going to lose 100 pounds because then if you gain five, I didn't want to feel deflated. So again, you know, well, not, that's different though. There's a difference with like, I don't know. I would some reason to me I see a difference between like weight and goal setting in that realm as opposed Ooh, to money. Because it seems like I've never had money anyway, so for some reason I got more, I'd be cool with it. But I've always had the weight. 
So I'm going to make that much more realistic to try to get down to 20 pounds. You know what I mean? I, I see a huge difference there. This was part one of three in our sit-down conversation on Sunday morning with John Legiza. Parts two and three will be released in the coming days. So if you enjoyed part one, stick around because the next two parts are going to get even better. John talked for a very long time passionately about many different topics. And we didn't want to overwhelm you guys with one three-hour episode, so we broke this one up into three parts. Look for part two and part three on the First Day Podcast feed in the coming days. Thank you so much. 